Welcome back to the Joke Show here on the Dion Family Network, episode 41. Dad joining us once again. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I mean, we've seen each other for the last few days, but still nice, still nice to say. We had uh, our last episode, we kind of got distracted by the NFL and the World Juniors that we didn't even talk about the college football playoff, which happened last night. Right. And two games where if you just look at the scoreboard, it's a little disappointing, but I think overall we had two pretty entertaining games yeah i'd say entertaining yeah the first one was kind of what we expected you prepared me for bama they were favored by what was it 17 i think it ended up being 19 and a half so before kickoff so and this was a notre dame team that had beaten clemson earlier this year they were in the acc championship which is probably something we'll never say again besides this year right and notre dame i mean a scoreline that doesn't feel as dominant. There was a late garbage time touchdown by Ian Book, but Bama wins 31-14. Mac Jones, he just, I don't know, I said it to you a few weeks ago that he just reminds me of Eli Manning. Yeah, he's, uh, I think he's a little bit like an above average game manager. Like, I think he's going to be a good pro because he doesn't make mistakes. He just, if he doesn't have the pass he's looking for downfield, he's got a uh second or third look that he'll just drop it off to or he'll throw it away like he just he's already in that zone and we were trying to we were trying to figure out ian book i think it was before the acc championship how he was a quarterback that was on cfl radars this game kind of proved it because going into the second half bama was only i mean only they're up 21 7 ian book has the ball and he just it was a couple of throws that we saw in the Clemson-Ohio State game, which we'll get to, but Book just kind of, he just left a little, he was a little light on it, and it gets picked off, and that's pretty much the game right there. And unfortunately, that was his only really big mistake. Like, if you look at his stat lines, they were actually pretty decent, like running and passing, but yeah, that that was the game. Like, as soon as uh, he got intercepted there, there was no way that they could come back. They had to kind of stay touchdown for touchdown with Bama, and once they fell behind by two scores, it was, Bama basically just kept them at arm's length, and that was that was the game. And, I mean, we said something we're never going to say besides 2020 is uh, Notre Dame being in the ACC. Also, the Rose Bowl played in Texas. Yeah, exactly. Just weird all around. All all, all of that was weird. I mean, you we were talking about Najee Harris before this game. He had an incredible hurdle where he landed and didn't break stride. Usually someone makes the hurdle, and once you land, you kind of have to get your bearings. It. Almost seemed like he had been practicing that. Yeah, and uh, I think his coach, uh, Coach Saban, has been trying to coach him not to do that. But uh, yeah, I think he he ended up hurdling him. I think it was five foot seven inches over top of you know the, he the guy that he was trying to tackle didn't even actually go down really very much to try and tackle him. He was almost like at full height. Yeah, to tackle him. it was pretty much just, and it's pretty much any football player, he just kind of ducks his head. A, yeah, and, just anticipating a you know a shoulder-to-shoulder hit or something, but yeah, crazy. And, I mean, the debate, I guess, that comes out of this game is Devontae Smith, who... Devonta Smith? Devontae? Devonta. Devonta Smith, who caught three touchdowns in this game. Mac Jones throws for four. Right. Both these guys up for the Heisman. And so is the running back. Harris is, too? Yeah. Wow, that's... So wait, it's them three and what? Trevor Lawrence? I I don't know who the final people are. I think uh, the Florida quarterbacks in 
on that as well. Oh, that was a that was a disappointing end to his yeah. Florida career. Yeah, and that I guess that doesn't count towards the Heisman. The, it's already voted oh, oh, it's on the regular the championship. Yep. Yeah. Um, I just it's funny because you just look at them side by side, and Smith, you kind of know is going to be is he? He must be an upperclassman. I'm not sure. So whether Pretty he sure, is yeah. or not within the next couple of years, he's going to be a first round pick. When Mac yeah. Jones, I think it's going to come down to it that if he wins this championship game, because he was he's the same year as Tua, but he took a redshirt year so that he could play one more year after Tua was gone. Right. He might be a first round pick, which I just. I get it, but if you just look at the history of Alabama quarterbacks, Tua is really the only one that you've seen success. And, I mean, we've seen kind of glimpses of him being too safe. Right, yeah. At Alabama, you got to keep in mind that you're going to have a lot of talent around you. So depending how good you really are, you're going to look way better than you possibly could be. Or maybe not. Maybe not in this case. We'll have to wait and see. And, I mean, we saw the last time these two teams played was the national championship in which A.J. McCarron was the Bama quarterback, and they won by a large margin. And right now A.J. McCarron is a backup quarterback. Yeah, at best. <clears throat> uh, the other thing about Notre Dame, do you know what the record is in bowl games? I did since January 1st, 1999. Do you know what the record in bowl games is? Not very good. Uh, seven and ten. Oh. Better than what I thought. Because, okay. But if you just, especially the important games they've played in, I think you go back to they were in a college semifinal against Clemson a couple of years ago. I think it was Trevor Lawrence's first year, BCS National Championship. They lose that big game to Alabama. They just, especially the last three or four years, I'm pretty sure they only won one bowl game, and it was last year against Iowa State, which was 30-3. to Right. Just kind of, it's weird for a Notre Dame program that you think is so successful that recent, at least in the past decade plus, hasn't really been much. I wonder if this is going to change their philosophy. Like if they're going to want to join a league because they're in an, normally an independent. I would just wonder if, if that will push them to play with other teams because I don't know. You're looking at teams like Cincinnati and, you know, the other teams that kind of don't get looked upon because they're in a different conference. Well, Notre Dame's not in any conference at all, and they are still considered like the big top 10 teams in football, but we'll have to see. Um, the other thing I noticed, too, was um, I didn't realize that Bama's other wide receiver, Mench, he's Canadian. Oh. Yeah, he's from Ottawa. I did not. Think it was, I think Ottawa or Burlington. Anyways, he's Canadian anyway. And um, Waddle, who's really their number one wide receiver, might be back. For the January 11th game, they, they're leaving it as questionable. But if he's in the lineup, my goodness. That was a lot of questions going, I mean, into the season overall. But even going into the Ohio State-Clemson game, there was a couple guys coming back for Ohio State. They didn't look as strong in the uh, Big Ten Championship against Northwestern besides Trey Sermon, who I didn't realize it until about halfway through the game that he's a senior. And the only reason he wasn't playing as much, well, he's an Oklahoma transfer, but also it's funny to think back to last year that J.K. Dobbins was the Ohio State running back, and now he's pretty much a starter in the NFL. Right. So Ohio State, and this definitely is not what I expected, Ohio State, I wrote route Clemson, but it didn't it didn't really feel like a blowout and really until the last couple minutes, 49 to 28. And, I mean, for Trevor Lawrence, if this is his last college start, 
he loses two games and he loses to Justin Fields and Joe Burrow, both playing out of their mind in yeah. a college football. I think, well, last year they lost to LSU in the championship game. Right. It's funny, though, to think that Lawrence won a championship in his freshman season and then hasn't won since. Right. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is, again, Fields versus Lawrence, too. It's, I remember Trevor Lawrence saying that he was going to play all four years. If there's a chance that both him and Fields come back, I would love to see Clemson, Ohio State again because we've seen it twice. We've seen them both win, and these guys have been compared since high school. They've been the number one and two quarterbacks. Right. Uh, I mean, the motivation for Ohio State, which is definitely after the game, you could hear people talking about it. Justin Fields very calmly and maturely said he wasn't going to answer that question that Dabo Sweeney put Ohio State at number 11 in his coach's poll, which even Sweeney himself said, oh, that's not a big deal. It's just it, it doesn't make an impact on the rankings. But he knew what he was doing. Right. Yeah, for sure. Putting it, putting a team out of the top 10 below Coastal Carolina because they didn't play enough games. Right. That I mean, that's bulletin board material. And I mean, Justin Fields, I mean, even with uh looked like a pretty excruciating injury what did you think about that hit um like it it wasn't really dirty to me like to me i always thought targeting was like something to the neck or head injury or neck or head not necessarily to injure someone but that's when you're hitting someone he hit him in the ribs with his helmet but it, it definitely was a hard hit but yeah, I, you can't use your your helmet at all, I guess, on any part of the body, regardless of where you're hitting somebody. So it was funny. I was watching it, uh, like my girlfriend was just there, and she's like, "Oh, why is he on the ground?" And I'm like, "Oh, here, I'll show you the hit." And she's like, "What's wrong with that?" And I kind of thought that too. So it was James Skalski who got kicked out of the championship game last year for targeting. I just my only thing was. If you're a quarterback, because they always give quarterbacks the benefit of the doubt, yeah. I'm pretty sure you're supposed to be giving yourself up. Fields, it was a third down, or he's trying to get the first down, and yeah. he's making that move to try to get the first down. Yeah, to he's me, not giving himself up. No, you're, you're. if that was anyone, if he did that to Trey Sermon, I don't think he gets kicked out of the game. I think it was just because it was the quarterback that he hit. Right. And, I mean, we saw it. Did you see on the sideline when Fields was trying to get on, like, the bike? Yeah, well, and yeah he, he was, was like, in pain. A lot of pain, and that shows... Even that touchdown pass that looked like it went about 75 yards in the air was, yeah. you could just, you could see the talent of these two guys. Trevor Lawrence, funny enough, even out through fields in terms of yards, 400 to 385. Justin Fields also threw for six, six touch touchdowns. touchdowns. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of six touchdowns happening in New Orleans recently. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So championship game, um, Ohio State, again, they've played seven games this year. Right. Alabama just kind of seems like the juggernaut. Does Ohio State have a chance? Yeah, I'd give them a chance for sure. For sure. I, I, I didn't think they could beat Clemson. Uh, I thought Clemson was the better team. But, uh, again, just not being able to see Ohio State enough. Um, the Big Ten, to me, isn't as strong as the ACC. The SEC is, I think, the strongest. Like, uh, you know, I looked at a couple bowl games. You get the, I think it was three and seven, uh, Old Miss, was it, or that brawl game, mm -hmm. right? Like, they they were three and seven going against Tulsa, who's ranked twenty fourth in the country, but and they took care of business. So, the SEC is just the the top league, and everybody else is just kind of. It's hard to to kind of figure out how te how good teams are. And uh, I think it just goes to show you Notre Dame 
wins one and loses one to Clemson and then gets smoked by Alabama and Ohio State can beat Clemson. So it's it's hard to say, but I, I'm going to say probably the spread's going to be like 10.5 for Alabama going into this one. If Fields can play like he did and their running back was amazing, and he has been the last few weeks. I was just looking, trying to look up uh, Master Teague. He was their number one running back, but he's opted out. I guess he's getting ready for the NFL or something. So, um, anyway, this the running attack is pretty pretty awesome for Ohio State, and I think they can keep pace uh, on the offensive side of the ball. So it's, it's Fields who you kind of feel like everyone kind of compared him to Russell Wilson, which I, I can see at some points. I think he is a little more of a running quarterback i feel like russell wilson is kind of like where dak prescott where you kind of almost want him to run more fields is not that way where they're running read option and my favorite one was uh clemson slanted their line the wrong way and it was a wide open lane and fields is holding it and they're both running this him and the running back are running the same way right it's almost like one of us is getting good yards here just yeah just take it or don't who's it gonna be yeah I, I noticed that a few times that you mentioned like clemson's defense they seem rattled they were they just didn't know where to to be their their defensive line was moving around like you said on that one but there was numerous plays like that where they were the ohio state had them confused out there they just weren't sure where they were going to be and my only question is the guy that uh, hit fields what's his name again uh skalski skalski would he have been able to play in the national championship game if they had won? Yeah, because he got the targeting. So does he miss the first half of the next game? I, I, I think that's how it works, something like that. That would be that'd be I, frustrating. Yeah. I would just either want to miss the game or just let me play. Like, right. I, have to, I have to sit here for two quarters and then I get to play. Right. And losing him, he was the he's the captain of, of that defense. And even right. when he was there, you could see there was panic and there was frustration in his face as he's telling people to move and no one... Not even they're not moving, but just no one seemed like they were ever in the right spot. Right, and the other captain on the team, Jones, who is their top cornerback, he missed the first half for targeting in the last game. So Ohio State definitely took advantage of that. And, I mean, this is – it's fun when you – because it's hard to compare, like, years of the college football playoff, but the first year was Ezekiel Elliott, uh, his coming out party, I guess, with Ohio State, and now it looks like it's Trey Sermon's term. Right. And I mean the two, the wide receivers, especially um, Olave, that was his name, right? Yeah. He was because they said he missed that Northwestern game, and he was the one that caught the long bomb from Fields. Right. He was, he just kind of seemed like the safe target, but also had these explosive plays. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, that'll be so. That's January eleventh. Eleventh. Right? Yep. All right. So we'll be able to talk about that. I think that's going to be after Wild Card Weekend. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Well, that's going to be a fun, a fun week. So. Before we get to the NFL, we do have a few more World Junior games before, I mean, the quarterfinal has, I mean, just started. Right. Uh, so going back, it was Tuesday, the last time we recorded before any of those games started. Uh, the U.S. beats Czech Republic 7 nothing. I, I I don't think either of us, I mean, this is a tournament where the unexpected happens. The Czechs are such a defensive team, but I guess once... The U.S. kind of got it rolling. It was just all offense from there. Yeah, you. They have a game plan. They got to score first and then protect the lead or be tied. And once they fall behind by a couple goals, it's game over. And that that's going to be the case when the Czechs play Canada today. They'll be looking to stay tied as long as they can and get that one 
bounce that they need to try and take the lead. Because really in that game, it was fairly close, and then the Czechs kind of let up, and the States kind of took control. Because it was, it was fairly close, but yeah, the, you knew the States were going to win once they scored. It feels like there's been a few of these games that you kind of keep saying, and I'm like, oh yeah, it kind of is that... Within like the last five minutes, a team seems to score like two or three more goals. Yeah, then they just kind of give up, right? You get more tired and you're making more mistakes, and it, yeah, it doesn't. And again, they're kids, right? So uh, that same day, Canada, who was coming off a disappointing win, I guess we can call it against yeah, Slovakia. I would call that, yep. And they come out versus Switzerland, and they win ten nothing. And it really looks like no sweat off their back in this game. They yeah. completely dominated, and ten nothing. It felt at the end of that game. It, it felt I felt better than the sixteen two game, right? Just because it felt like they were picking themselves back up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, from from a not lopsided win. That that's how confident we are with this Canadian squad. Is we're not happy when they only win by three or whatever and i think it was the last game of that day russia beats austria 7-1 i mean we talk about marco rossi he is really good but he's kind of had a couple games where he isn't doing everything which i guess means he's then a disappointment yeah that's all they've got right so yeah it's i don't know there's not much else to say i like to just to see him play out there but he doesn't really have anyone to play with i'm sure he gets frustrated out there as well right just not playing with the same caliber that he is himself uh then the next day we had finland beat slovakia six nothing it was kind of the first time we saw finland i mean they had been dominating these games but this is the first time where the scoreline kind of reflected how well they had been playing yeah the, it's kind of where we started to pick out some names from finland that were scoring goals rather than you know they were just winning as a team in this one uh and then honestly one of the most thrilling games of the tournament and it made sense because this both of these groups have gone so back and forth of who's beating who uh germany heads out to what was a four nothing yep. in the third period yep switzerland storms all the way back Germany ends up winning 5-4, and I looked it up because I, I forgot. I don't know how I forgot, but every German goal was either Tim Stutzla, the Ottawa first-rounder, or J.J. Paterka, the Buffalo second-rounder. Right. They, they're they going to carry that team one way or another. And Paterka scored his empty netter to make it. It would have been 5. I think it would have been 5-2 at that point. Right. And then Switzerland scores the two more. Yeah. And I just I remember it being 5-4 and being so back and forth, but I had to look at the scoreline to be like, oh, yeah. They scored an empty netter, but then Switzerland still scored two more times. Right, right, to make it interesting. And, I mean, for a game that it, it did have all the implication for Germany that that's what got them to the quarterfinal. Right. But for a game that really in the grand scheme doesn't mean that much, it was such a good game. Yeah, well, pretty important for Germany, right? They've never been in the playoffs before, so they, that was a big, big win for that country for sure for hockey. Um, now we head into well, I guess this is the it was the last two days. Uh, Russia ends the Swedish winning streak, which I'm honestly so glad we can just stop talking about. Right, a streak that started when these kids were three and four years old. Right, Russia wins four three in overtime, and honestly, Sweden just looked. Especially, I mean, we saw it in this game and when they played the U.S. Philip Broberg, their captain, is dealing with. I mean, Ray Ferraro said it could have been an upper body, could have been a lower body. We think it's like a shoulder injury. Yeah. It just it sucks because you know he's just going to push through, and you could see him arguing with the coaches to let him keep playing. But yeah. 
it just especially in that overtime he just kind of looked a step behind the russians who this is the first time i think i've ever really i don't want to say cheered for russia but in this game i just kind of thought okay i want it to be 5-4 i want uh, lucas raymond to score four goals and russia win (laughs) <laughs> just because this Russian team plays so well as a team. They I do. mean, yep. uh, Vasily Podkolzin, who has kind of had not so dominant of a tournament for it being his third world juniors, just seemed to make every right play in this game. He had the nice assist on the Rodian Amarov goal, like the wide, out, wide open tap in front. And, I mean, Russia put themselves in the position where heading into New Year's Eve, they were going to be first or second in their group. Right, and again, this was another team that early in the tournament we couldn't pick out names, and you've already named a couple guys because now they're playing well as a team, but now also there's some superstars or stars of their team that are starting to show as well, which is just kind of making that team even better. And New Year's Eve, the Czech Republic kind of gives Austria the taste of their own medicine. They beat them 7 nothing, and really we... I hadn't seen the Czechs kind of have a dominant game like this. I mean, right. obviously in such a difficult group, they had already, I mean, they had their win, which would have gotten them the, to the quarterfinals. But I don't know. In this one, again, the Czechs are the team where they don't really have superstars. No, exactly. Yeah, they definitely play as a team and they're playing, you know, the boring trap and that's their system, right? So they don't really have anybody that stands out. And again, to me, Austria is really the i guess switzerland you could put in that group this year they're kind of like the tier two teams everybody else could legitimately beat anybody on any given day yeah because to me the bottom of that top group and i think they deserve to be in that top group is the czech republic and slovakia that they i mean we saw it the slovaks kept it close against canada and the czechs we saw them beat russia you could see that especially in this tournament it's any given night someone could lose right right uh last two new year's eve games and when i looked at the score i just it made me forgot how much forget how much both of these teams dominate canada beats finland 4-1 and it really like the shots until the third period the shots felt like it was 30 to 3 like it just really didn't feel like a close game canada just really was in control the whole time right like there's been some of those games we'll talk about is the team going to score more goals than the other team's going to get shots that's kind of what we contemplated during this game because it seemed that way this canadian team i I don't remember like i'm going to go back to probably the Bergeron Crosby Richards Carter like that team that's how this team like we're, we're still trying to figure out who's the first line and who's the fourth line who's the 13th forward that's how deep this team is like everybody is good and they almost had a perfect game like it took to the third period where they took a penalty and had two icings like that's the worst thing that this team did in this game and we already talked about that but th- th- that was the most dominant game i've seen a junior canadian team play and it just reminded me of the i think it was the 2014 olympics where the men's team they just rolled over everybody it just wasn't even close and that's what this game was it was almost a little disappointing like we were expecting you know this 
these this, I, is, a, this is our first test right and, and one one stat we didn't realize were like these two teams have won all the gold medals over the last what was it four years or something like i think it was six out of seven yeah like it was pretty impressive right so we know these are two solid teams and again there was a couple of finnish guys that were starting to stand out and we knew they were a good solid team but yeah canada just took care of business in this one I mean, it started off with uh, Dylan Cousins, who, as I said at the beginning, because he's a returning guy, I just had the expectations. you got to be impressive, because Bowen Byram, to me, has been more than impressive. He's exceeded those expectations. Cousins, looking at him now, I think he could walk into the Buffalo Sabres dressing room tomorrow and be a top six forward. Right. And he... As much as I said he disappointed me early in the tournament, he had obviously big point games. This is especially just to take control of momentum in that game. And in a it was a two-on-one, three-on-one. And I kind of thought he was going to pass, especially he right. had Connor McMichael, who's kind of feels like the shooter on this team. Yeah, And I think he perfectly looked him off. And it was a good shot to keep Canada, or I guess hold Canada's momentum and... They really never let it go after that. No. Yeah, like um, my favorite player on uh, Canada is Peltier. And this guy, this kid doesn't make a mistake out there. Like he's just every little detail he does. And again, because I'm watching him closely, I'm sure there's other guys out there that are doing the same thing. They're just, they're not making mistakes. And, and I'm not talking about just a giveaway in front of the net. They're doing all the little things right. I was going to say my favorite guy on this team so far has probably been Philip Tomasino, who was the 14th forward until Kirby Doc got hurt. And once he got in the lineup, I think he has four goals or maybe even five goals now in the tournament. Right. And, yeah, you're right. Who's I guess, to me, when I think of the 13th forward, it's probably someone like Connor Zary. Zary, who, yeah. Who's and, still... Yeah, he's... Now he's... It seems like whoever that 13th forward is is stepping up, and then he's becoming the star of the team. That's how deep this team is. Like, how dominant would this team be if Doc was be, was able to play? That Right? Like, it, it's that's scary. Like, because he was dominating by himself. Yeah, that, that pre-tournament game against Russia, the way he just kind of held on to the pocket, it reminded us, because I remember when Mark Scheifele played for the Barry yep. Colts, yep. I said, I want to go watch this guy game. play, and you're yep. like, I mean, okay, let's see what he can do. And he was just a man among boys. And that was Kirby Doc until he got hurt. Right, exactly. Uh, The one guy we actually didn't talk about who who was the player of the game against Switzerland and a guy that we both have been critical of because we want him to be so good is Quentin Byfield. Right. He was spectacular in that Switzerland game. He was all, all over the ice. In this game, I can't even think about if he had points, but I just, every time he was on the ice, he just... It seemed like he needed that big game to kind of calm himself down. And right. since, since, I mean, since that game, they only played against Finland, but he just, he looks so much more calm. And I think he, again, which line is he on? I don't know. Is he the first line? Is he the fourth line? Exactly. It just, every time, that's why this team, you roll four lines and you just, you never feel like, oh no, it's this line out there. Right. Especially because Byfield's out there with Peltier and, Jack Quinn, like it just even Connor Zary, just whoever's on the ice, you just feel confident in. Agreed. Yep. And the last game, which Canada Canada dominated Finland, the United States dominated Sweden. Yeah, Sweden's a, disappointed the last disappointed me the last few games. A four nothing game in which the first goal, kind of the goalie's fault. I think it was Af Affelt, Affenelt, something like that. Um, 
kind of a I don't even want to actually I don't want to say it's his fault it was a dumping shot that he couldn't catch and a defenseman shot from pretty much below the red line and it goes in off the goalie skating in yeah so if you're gonna say it's not his fault I will it was the goalie's fault and it's the coach's fault because again uh, an American takes a shot from what was it 50 feet away a wrist shot and he can't glove that either and they end up scoring on like he should have pulled him then like he waited too long like it was what halfway through the game where they decide oh let's pull him now it's four nothing and the game's over it's too late at that point if you want to have a chance to win that game and you instead of using your timeout you pull your you pull the goalie because he just didn't look good he actually started to play better i wouldn't say it was his fault for the last two goals he no, actually played better he got himself together but again at that point it's too late but again it's not sweden's head coach it's somebody else there some 30 year old guy that's got to be in there because of covid right so and especially that second goal was trevor zegras who as as biased and i was as i as much as i want to say canadian is the best player he's been the best player in this tournament right and he has a perfect slap shot from like the outside of the circle and goes perfectly over the goalie's shoulder yeah like it, that one wasn't the goalie's fault i don't care who's in that there that's gonna go that's going in and i, th- I think that's that's when we both said and even i think like Gordon Ray commentators were saying, pull him now. If you yeah. want to swing momentum of this game, you yeah. gave up one bad goal, one perfect shot, swing the momentum now. Right. And after that, they just kind of looked dead. And I mean, Lucas Raymond is a Red Wings draft pick. Him and Alexander Holtz, they said they should, should split them up. I didn't really notice them on the ice until probably the third period when Raymond missed. Or actually, he had a couple good chances. A, yeah, he had a chance early to, to even the score. Like a shot right in front of the net, someone. But yeah, other than that, I don't know. It was all Americans. And I think it was two nothing, and Sweden got a penalty shot. In which a guy that yeah, he's probably we said he's probably the most insp- impressive Swede of that night. I think it's Victor Soderstrom, who's an Arizona first round pick. Right. He has a penalty shot, and Spencer Knight, who I think we both agreed has looked shaky at times in this tournament. Yeah. He dekes him out and has Knight has on the floor and or I guess on the ice, laying down, and he just loses it on the backhand. Yeah, just he, that kind of night for Sweden. And, I mean, now we can look to the quarterfinal. Russia-Germany has started. Again, this game doesn't feel like it should be close. I guess maybe if Stutzla and Paterka and Eliash have the game of their life, they can keep it close. But yeah. it just seems like, especially this Russian team is just so cohesive as a unit that it doesn't feel like germany has much of a chance right especially again germany's got their full allotment of players now they have their number one goalie back it's just one of those games you you have to feel like germany's just happy to be there right they didn't expect to be there they are so to me yeah it's it's a win regardless of how they do in this game so uh spoiler alert for anyone who's watching or going to tape the game right now it is one nothing Russia on a shorthanded goal so that's yeah that's a tough way to start things off uh during the end of the first uh the second game which we're honestly during that u.s game we were just trying to figure out scheduling of how they're going to do this we knew canada was going to get the prime time spot right i'm almost a little disappointed that finland sweden is the second game of the day because it's really the best game of the day because it's two powerhouses and one of them isn't going to make the semifinal right again both of them coming off disappointing losses 
they say there's always an upset. I guess this counts as an upset because Sweden is the third place team in their group. Right. Yeah. Big uh, rivalry game. This, yeah. This again, I'll be disappointed if this isn't a good game. But it, it, it the these guys usually get up for each other, so uh, I can't see it not being the best game of the night. For sure. And then uh, Canada Czech Republic is the, I mean, Eastern time zone prime time spot. Right. Again, the the only concern you really have to have is if the Czech Republic goes up early and they're just going to swallow up the middle of the ice. Yeah, which you know they can do it because they did it against Russia, so Canada's got to be on alert for that. And I think we we saw it in the... I mean, you see it in the Germany game, but I feel like you can't... That's the first game of the tournament. Everyone's going to be excited. They come out flat against Slovakia, and then in both the Switzerland and the Finland game, within the first two minutes, they had at least two or three scoring chances. Right. Which I think Canada needs against Czech, the Czech Republic to kind of assert there, you're not going to be in this game. Right, exactly, yeah. We're, we're, we're not going to let you play the trap against us. And really, the only way you can do that is it's dump the puck deep, get control of it, and then just cycle, 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 get some shots. And eventually you're going to score because you can probably change lines. Have again, like we talked about, the first or fourth line out there it doesn't matter because these guys know how to score. And you can have, I mean, we saw Bowen Byram and Jamie Drysdale pretty much play 25 plus minutes each night. Byram can just circle the zone while you're making a change. Like exactly the way he, how fast he is, how strong he is. I said to you, I, I it's kind of almost disappointing that. It seems like he's not going to be a Colorado Avalanche this year. Right. Just because they have such defensive depth. But to me, if, again, him and Dylan Cousins, they walk into an NHL locker room. They're especially these NHL guys are probably watching watching these games. Yep. They're going to know Byron walks into a dressing room and you know what you're going to get. Right. And the last game of the day, again, uh, the number one versus number four seed, the USA playing Slovakia. Again, the Slovaks, honestly, both of their goalies have kind of stood on their head in a game. Yep. The U.S. has just kind of seemed like, at least that they picked it up. Alex Turcotte, who this is second world juniors, and in that game against Sweden scored his first goal out of either tournament, which I thought was pretty surprising for a guy who's a first-round talent. Right. Cole Caulfield is just, he, he had a wide-open net at one point, and it just seems like he's a step off and just can't. Just can't put the puck in the net. Yeah, he looked good in the exhibition, like he dominated. But since then, uh, yeah, he really hasn't stood out to me in terms of uh, of his play. So we'll have to see. So our next episode is going to be, I guess, before. Our... No, we could do it Tuesday because then it could be after the final, okay. or after the gold medal game. Uh, all right, let's get to the NFL. All right. Um. Okay. So to me, there are five games that are really just no no impact really um it could be i'm missing something with one of them but let's start off minnesota going into detroit teams that have nothing to play for minnesota favored by a touchdown in the motor city no dalvin cook he lost his father this week right and that's that's a big impact for the vikings does detroit have a chance well Let's give you some stats and see if that'll help you out here at all. Uh, Minnesota against the spread, they are six and five, or sorry, six and nine. 
Detroit's also six and nine against the spread, so no difference there. Detroit one and six at home. The Vikings are three and four on the road. Uh, head to head, Minnesota's twenty eight and three against the spread in their last thirty one meetings, and the under is ten and four in their last fourteen meetings. I don't know why, just because it's week seventeen. I'm I'm definitely not putting money on this, but I think because it's week seventeen, it doesn't matter. I don't know why, but I, I just feel like Detroit wins this game. Okay, I'm going to go Minnesota. Just I'm going to go simply with they're the better team. Um, I can't remember who Minnesota's backup is running-wise, but he's oh, still it's, pretty uh, good. Yeah, he? Alexander Madison. Who right. Has, every time he steps in for Dalvin Cook, he makes impact plays. Right, because their offensive line is pretty solid for the run, so I'm just leaning that way a little bit. But, uh, yeah, not one of my favorite games because it doesn't mean anything. Although there's some other games here that don't mean much either, but I'll take Minnesota. Are you taking them with the points too? Yep. All right. Uh, next up, again, we're still in the games that don't matter. The New York Jets, the winning streak New York Jets, going into New England to face the Patriots. Patriots favored by three. They really just got dominated on Monday night by Buffalo, and now we're in a position in a Week 17 game where I guess it's something that Patriots fans are used to, a Week 17 game that doesn't matter. Yeah, in the wrong way. Um, again, both teams six and nine against the spread. Uh, New England's four and three at home. The Jets are one and six on the road. Head to head, the under is seven and two in the last nine meetings, and the home team is eight three and one against the spread in the last twelve. I like the Jets here. I like the Jets to win three in a row to finish the season. New England, they just looked ugly against Buffalo. Who starts this week? Do they go with Stidham? Do they do they do they put him in there to see because he's going to be the starter next year? I don't know. This this team's a mess. I loved Bill Belichick throwing his the phone down against when he made his uh, he was looking for a, a reversal on a call and it didn't pan out for him. Things are falling apart here in New England. So I, yeah, the, I'm gonna take the Jets. They're kind of riding a two game win streak. Hey, they got some confidence and they're playing a New England team that's down on on their luck. Uh, I've. In my head, I was going to take the Jets. I'm just going to take the Patriots now to be a contrarian. Okay. I don't know. I think maybe maybe Cam Newton figures it out this week. Maybe he learns how to complete a pass and or just hand the ball to Damian Harris. There's something wrong. Like We'll have to see at the end of the season. I don't know if we've already talked about it but uh, on air or not, but I, there's something wrong with his arm or his shoulder. There's some passes he's running, and it's like – not even hitting the the receiver in it, at his feet. It's like two yards short. It's really weird to to watch that from a professional quarterback. If I'm throwing the ball, sure, okay, no problem. But yeah, it shouldn't be happening with with you know a guy that's a starting quarterback in the NFL. It doesn't make sense. It'll be interesting to see who if the Patriots because they kind of always seem like they've been. Oh yeah, we're just gonna make all these personnel decisions in house. I wonder if they just draft a quarterback. I, that's what I'm thinking. I mean. They've definitely there's definitely enough talented guys out there. It'd yep. be more of finding a fit for Bill Belichick. Right. I don't know. The the Jets, I mean, uh, it'd be hilarious if they fall out of maybe I guess I wonder what the fur- furthest they can fall if they win in the draft. Right. Because if they get the third or fourth pick, this is a team who we were talking about going 0 and 16 and they're gonna finish three and thirteen. That would be absolutely hilarious. Again, I would not bet this game. If if they were in the NFC East, they'd be almost in the race for the division title. <laughs> Which weirdly enough, 
I, I wanted to put this early to talk about, but then I was looking at it and I thought, well, Washington, Philly, Sunday night, and Dallas and the Giants, whoever wins that game is just going to have to sit idle for that Sunday night game. It's and actually, we, yeah. those are the last two games I have. To me, they're the best games of the week. Right. Um, all right, third up, again, no impact. The Las Vegas Raiders are going to Denver to face the Broncos. Apparently, Vic Fangio, his job is safe in Denver. There's always wild cards of who's going to get fired. There's rumors about John Elway might have to step down. And really, this I feel like this game comes down to who who shows up. Right. It's a division battle. Both teams, again, 8-7 against the spread. There's really no numbers that jump out. Uh, Denver's 2-5 and five at home, where the Raiders are 5-2 and two on the road. I guess maybe you can kind of take it that way. Head-to-head, uh, under is 10-1 and one in the last 11 meetings. Home team is 7-2 and two against the spread in their last nine. I guess, really, is there going to be some snow there in Denver? And I'll take the Broncos if there is. If there's no snow, I'll take the Raiders. Yeah, my head went to the Raiders just because I'm going to trust Derek Carr more than Drew Locke. I don't know. Again, this is a, this is a game where, sure, they're professionals, but you know going into this game... It doesn't mean anything besides pride. And winning, I guess, hurts your draft stock, but none of these players are going to care about that. No, no, they're looking to keep their job so that the team doesn't go out and draft to their positional a player from their position, right? That's kind of the, their mindset, I'm sure, right? Unless they're a free agent or whatever. So, Yeah, it, it, it sucks that there's a few Week 17 games that don't mean much. Again, this one, at least it's, it's a divisional battle. So you know they're going to fight for it. And, I mean, a close game, in my head, I would I would go with the Raiders. But I think I'd actually take Denver plus three just because I think it's going to be close and come down to the wire. Yeah. like To me, it'll all depend on weather. Mother Nature's going to mm-hmm. determine who I pick here. Uh, the fourth game, again, another divisional battle. The L.A. Chargers are going to Kansas City. The Chiefs have already clinched the one seed. They're 14-1, and one and they're resting everybody. Which we talked about. I don't think we talked about it on here, but I think there's got to be a concern for resting guys week 17, then having a bye week. So they're going to be two, three weeks removed from actual competitive football, and then they're going to have to play a playoff game. Right. Does that make a difference? Well, it could very much happen, right? You might be rusty in the first half of your game, but I guess it's you'd much rather be rusty than not being able to play because you're injured. That's yeah. So the Chargers favored by three. Wow! Like they lost forty-five nothing New England. And if I would have told you week seventeen the Chargers are going to be favored by three over the Chiefs, you'd probably be thinking, "Oh, this is a good division game. It must be a playoff uh, a game, right? Like whoever wins this gets in, or you know, wins the AFC West." No, no. The Char- What's the Chargers' record? They are currently six and nine because they've won a few games now. Which, it, it's funny that momentum seems to be swinging to Anthony Lynn's side, that yep. he might be coming back. I really just, I can't imagine a team that looked like they gave up on him in, in November, and now he's going to come back as their coach next year. Yep. I mean, it's it's hilarious that Justin Herbert is this amazing quarterback that is fa- only favored by three against Kansas City's backups. Which is who? Do you know their backup quarterback? quarterback? I want to say it's Chad Henney. Okay who i mean i remember him on the dolphins but that yeah. feels like a decade ago um i mean because kansas city's not playing for anything i guess the chargers just 
the safe choice, which it, that is the weirdest sentence I, I feel like from this football season that, yeah, right. I'm going to trust the Chargers against Andy Reid and the, the Chiefs. 14-1 Chiefs. But, okay, here's some stats that probably won't help you as well. Against the spread, the NFL so good here. The Chargers are 8-7. and seven, The Chiefs are 7-8. and eight. Chiefs are 6-1 and one at home. The Chargers are 2-5 and five on the road. Uh, road team is 8-2-1 and one against the spread in their last 11 meetings. Yeah, that really doesn't help me. I, I guess I, my only thinking is just the Chiefs don't have anything to play for, and the Chargers are at least playing for pride. Yeah. And Anthony Lynn trying to save his job. Yeah, exactly. So, so I think I'll just – I'll take the – again, that's a – I'm not – gonna put any money on that because i do not want to be sitting there at whatever time this game is at the third quarter and thinking oh why does chad henney have three touchdown passes and herbert's thrown three interceptions or or vice versa you it's a tie game and you're you're hoping henney can you know (laughs) drive down the field in the last minute to win the game for the chiefs in a game that doesn't matter chad henney if honestly if chad henney pulls out this win and gets the Chiefs to 15-1, that's that's an impressive team. Yeah. Unfair. Uh, all right. Uh, my Atlanta Falcons are going to Tampa Bay. I don't – I mean, unless I've interpreted this wrong, I don't think Tampa Bay has anything to play for. No, they don't. They're, they're kind of they're lo- stuck they're right locked in, in their, their spot. spot. Yep. Tampa Bay favored by seven. I can't imagine we see Tom Brady in this game. Yeah, he'll probably sit. Again, stats that don't really – help at all atlanta seven and eight against the spread tampa bay eight and seven against the spread tampa bay is four and three at home atlanta two and five on the road um the over nine and one in tampa bay in the last 10 games nothing really other than how is atlanta gonna lose this week they have done it every way possible um what's the there was one way they haven't done it yet i always said hail mary Right, Hail Mary. There you go. That, yeah, that'll that probably happen this week. Uh, a Blaine Gabbert Hail Mary. That would be... Yeah, uh, that's right. That's who it'll be. Or isn't Blake Bortles? Is he not on there? Uh, he's uh, Rams, the Rams quarterback. Oh, okay. Or I think he's the Rams backup, which I don't know why. At least he has some experience. Right. Um, I'm, I'm going to go against everything that I ever think is right. I'm going to take the Falcons. I'm going to take them to win, especially because... I think this goes into they lose in every heartbreaking way fashion fashion in every heartbreaking way possible that they're going to win this game. They're going to hurt their draft stock. And I think them winning this game is probably the worst case scenario for me. So I think it's going to happen. Gotcha. Okay. Um, uh, what do I have next? Okay. The next, next three games are for the number one seed in the NFC not that important. I can't imagine these teams are going to be playing too hard, especially because Green Bay does kind of have all the advantage necessary. Uh, the New Orleans Saints are favored by seven in Carolina. Again, I feel like this is a game where Drew Brees is going to play because he's still getting back up to speed with their offense. Yeah, agreed. Seven points. I don't know. I, I just I, it must just me be me loving this Panthers team. I think I'll take the Saints to win, but I kind of like Carolina to cover. Carolina is nine and six against the spread. Uh, New Orleans eight and seven. Uh, Carolina two and five at home. New Orleans five and two. Head to head, the underdog is eleven and two against the spread in their last thirteen meetings. 
all of those numbers made me feel really good. And this might be a game. I'm if it's still seven by tomorrow, I might have to take Carolina. I will definitely take Carolina because the running back for New Orleans is out. All the running backs are out. It's got COVID. Oh, that's that is something that I did see where the NFL scheduling is going to affect whether or not he can play in the wild card. Right. If the Saints, obviously, if they don't get the one seed. If they have to play Saturday, Alvin Kamara would not, not be able play. to. But so if they, they have to win the division for him to play. So they actually not, have some, not the, the one seed. Oh, one seed, right. So they'll have something to play for. But if they do get scheduled on the Sunday, then Kamara would be able to play. Is McCafferty out? Is I, he out for the year? I think or? so. I, I feel like we haven't seen him since like week seven. Right. Not that it matters because, again, Carolina, by their nine and six against the spread record, shows you that they're in most games that's a game yeah i might i'll have to circle that one because especially if that stays at seven i mean maybe there, there's always going to be last second injuries or something i just think a touchdown but i just feel like i don't know teddy bridgewater and drew Brees were teammates last year i think they can like bridgewater and the panthers can keep up right uh next up again the one seed the seattle seahawks in san francisco they're favored by six and a half against the 49ers practice squad. This is this is our goodbye to San Francisco this year. They're yeah. going to come back fully healthy. That's right. Yeah. You won't recognize them at all. So Seattle, I'm pretty sure we went through the scenarios last episode, but I'm pretty sure Seattle needs New Orleans and Green Bay both to lose to get the one seed. I imagine they win this game, but I don't know. San Francisco, especially, they beat, they beat Arizona in a game that seemed like a must win for the Cardinals. Do the 49ers, do those, does their practice squad keep it close? The Arizona 49ers will win this game. Uh, they are 6-9 against the spread. Seattle 8-7. and seven. Arizona, again, take it with what you will, are 1-4 one at four, one and four at home. So I guess they're 1-0 on the road or in Arizona. No, they lost to Buffalo. Buffalo. And then they beat the Rams. But was that in L.A.? I can't remember. I think it was. Yeah, that was in L.A. Because that was the... Especially the San Francisco quarterback carousel of Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard. Of right. Which mediocre do you want? Do you want the one with the big arm or the one that is safe and... Or does Jimmy come back this week? That would be... That would make no sense. I mean, George George Kittle came back and had a good game against yep. Arizona. So, I mean, I guess, again, this is just a... A pride thing for the Niners. Seattle's 13-4-1 against the spread head-to-head here in the last 17 meetings. Again, again, this this sucks that this game doesn't mean more. Last year, this was for the number one seed in the NFC, and now it's just, I don't know, does San Francisco have anything to play for? I, I could easily see them winning this game, so... I'll take Seattle to win, but I'll take San Francisco against the spread because I think they'll just their defense is good enough to keep it close. Right. I'll take the 49ers to win, so obviously taking the points. Uh, all right. The last game for the number one seed and some playoff implications, the Green Bay Packers are in Chicago to face the Bears. They're favored by five and a half. Again, the Packers, they just they win, they get the number one seed. The Bears, uh, if they lose, they're going to need some help to make the playoffs. So they can still get in if they lose. If the Cardinals lose. Wow. Okay. Well, we'll give you some stats here to see if this helps at all. Uh, Green Bay's nine and six against the spread. The Bears are eight and seven. Bears are three and four at home. The Green Bay Packers are five and two. Head to head, Green Bay is nineteen and seven against the spread in their last twenty six games. 
I just feel like because the Packers have everything to play for, I just think they're the much better team. And we have we saw it last week that their defense really stepped up against Tan- Tennessee. I almost said Tennessee. <laughs> the, uh, the Bears have surprised me the last few weeks. I just feel that they're just – this is one of those big letdown games if you're a Bears fan. You've just – you know, been on this roller coaster ride where you win five, you lose seven, you win three, and now you're going to lose this one. I don't know. I yeah. I, to me, I'm just going with the better team. Green Bay does have something to play for, so Rodgers will be in there. Um, it might stay close if it's uh, nice and cold in Chicago and there's some snow. Maybe it'll be a closer game than it should be. But uh, I like Green Bay here, and I'll take the points. I don't know the weather. The weather really made me think that maybe. Maybe the Bears cover. I think it, it could be a close game, but this could also be the we've seen Mitchell Trubisky look like an outstanding quarterback the last few weeks. Yeah, I think this defense might, or I think it will give him some trouble. And keep in mind, who did Chicago beat the last few weeks? Nobody's. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, they knocked Minnesota out of the playoffs. Yeah, and Jacksonville right <laughs> into the number one overall draft pick and now they have to debate whether it's trevor lawrence or justin fields i forgot to say that that's definitely going to be especially if fields wins the national championship it's going to become a debate of who's going to be the number one pick and i don't know trevor lawrence still think it's trevor lawrence he's a he's an all-around gifted number one guy even that touchdown run where he just kind of lowers his shoulder and gets in that's something where he is not he's kind of like Mahomes he's not like a pretty runner but he can get the job done yeah uh all right so the game that directly affects the Chicago Bears the Arizona Cardinals visiting the LA Rams the Rams without Jared Goff it is John Wolford I'm pretty sure and your favorite Blake Bortles is the backup for this game wow uh I'm pretty sure Kyler Murray's playing there hasn't been any indication okay yep he's in so Arizona favored by three in Los Angeles. The Cardinals apparently are winning their in. Right. They are seven and eight against the spread. Rams eight and seven against the spread. Rams are five and two at home. Uh, Arizona is four and three on the road. Head to head, the favorite is seven zero and one against the spread in their last eight meetings. So everything there tells you to take Arizona. I just the. And the only reason I'm taking the Cardinals is because I just trust Kyler Murray more than whatever Rams quarterback is in there. Right. The Cardinals, though, are such an up-and-down team that... The Rams' defense is awesome, so it's be interesting to see if Murray can make the right decisions in a game that means everything to their team. This is is really a playoff game. It is a playoff game, for sure. Yeah. What about for the Rams? Can they move up or down or, like... I, I think they can fall. I mean, I think if... They, they they can't miss the playoffs though. They're I don't think they've a, clinched, but I'll I'll look it up to make sure. sure. I, ju- I just well no that's because they're nine and six, so I'm thinking, geez, they go nine and seven, and they're probably still making the playoffs. Yeah, I would think they are. But uh, yeah, yeah, the Rams defense I think will keep uh, keep that game close regardless of who the quarterback is for the Rams. The Rams can run the football. Um, you know, they have a lot of short dunk passes that they usually do, you know, whether it's Goff in there or whoever it's going to be. So I, I think it'll stay fairly close. Uh, again, the the big factor will be Murray. How, how uh, injured is he? And if he's not, how many bad decisions does he make out there for Arizona? All right, so I looked it up. Um, if they lo- If Arizona beats the Rams uh, – 
uh, in a scenario, a loss wouldn't matter if the Bears either tie or lose to the Packers. I think they're still safe. Okay. Um, this How do the Rams completely miss the playoffs? Um, if they lose to the Cardinals and the Bears beat the Packers. Oh, boy. So okay. that so it is a possibility. Right. Doesn't seem that likely with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers right. going full tilt. Right. But, it, I mean, that's, that's crazy that it's still in the air. Yeah. The only thing is, and I... Don't I mean if they finish with the same record, the Rams beat the Bears this year. That's the only thing that I'm a little hesitant on. Oh. Uh, do they have the same record? Do, do, do. Uh, I guess so. The Bears would no, they would have the same record. They would, I, yeah. They'll both be nine and seven if and that the, scenario. And the Rams beat the Bears on a Monday night. I don't right. really see how the Rams missed the playoffs. Right. There's some weird math out there that probably exists. Right. All right. Uh, the AFC playoff picture is still kind of a mess. And a few games that feel like they're just going to be blowouts. The Baltimore Ravens are in Cincinnati to face the Bengals. They are favored by 13 and a half. The Bengals have won two straight. Is there a chance they keep this close? I think so. Uh, both teams are 9-6 and six against the spread. Uh, Cincinnati is surprisingly three and four at home. Baltimore five and two uh, on the road, and the underdog is nine and four against the spread in their last thirteen meetings. So all that would say to me that it will be close. I don't think Cincinnati can win this game. Um, it might be to me. I'm thinking it might be one of those games where Baltimore takes a big lead and then they pull all of their starters because they'll have wrapped up the game and now they have to rest their guys for hopefully a playoff run. Uh, when I looked at it, I just thought, oh, well, Baltimore has everything to play for. Why wouldn't they just blow out the Bengals? But I do I do kind of have to agree that I can't – as much as I love Baltimore, they've been my team. I've hitched my wagon on there. I just – again, I feel like that – what you just said is the scenario that makes the most sense, that RG3 or Trace McSorley, whoever the Ravens' backup is, is right. the one finishing this game. And yeah. I just feel like they're going to keep them at an arm's – arm's length the whole time right and then alan will throw a late meaningless touchdown but it'll be meaningful for people on their tickets Mm -hmm. uh next up the jacksonville jaguars are in 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 indianapolis to face the colts the colts let me down against the steelers i trusted philip rivers apparently if the colts missed the playoffs this could be philip rivers's last game right uh again jacksonville started the year beating the colts colts favored by two touchdowns 14 and a half Jacksonville, I mean, they have the first, first first overall pick wrapped up. Do they keep it close? Interesting. They are six and nine against the spread. Uh, the Colts are eight and seven against the spread. They're five and two at home, where the Jacksonville Jaguars are zero and seven. Jacksonville is nine one and one against the spread in head to head meetings in their last eleven games. So I, I I feel like that makes me feel confident of again the Jaguars and the Lions I always pick them wrong I pick the Lions to win so everyone should go pick the Vikings again I'm gonna take the Jaguars not to win I'll take them to cover and that means everybody should go take your money to and bet on the Colts right yeah I'll take the Colts here again this feels like if the Colts are gonna make the playoffs or deserve any case to make the playoffs they kind of have to blow the Jaguars out of the water especially because. The only win the Jags have this year is week one against these same Colts. Right. Um, all right. Your Tennessee Titans are in Houston. Again, they're kind of the Rams. They're they're sitting pretty. 
They're favored by eight and a half. Again, the Texans are going to be looking for a new coach after this week. Uh, I guess Deshaun Watson does. Should he even play? Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, Houston's definitely not playing for anything. Tennessee is. Houston is five and ten against the spread. Tennessee's seven and eight. Tennessee is five and two on the road. Houston's two and five at home. Head to head, the home team is seven and two against the spread in their last nine meetings, and the favorite is ten and three against the spread in their last thirteen meetings. If that means anything. Those last two stats contradicted each, each other, other in the most. Sure. <laughs> yep. I I feel like this this to me is kind of the game that you described for the Ravens. I think Tennessee goes up big early and then pulls everybody. Yeah. Because. And honestly, I really see it where Deshaun Watson has the ball at the end of the game and something goes awry and they somehow lose. And Although Tennessee, again, they they do have to win, but right. it's not as dire where it could break a little. I just can't imagine them folding to these Texans. Right. Yeah, you're, you're Titans. I, honestly, at this point, I'm, I'm just kind of done with the Colts. I'd rather the Titans have that home playoff game and really... I think the perfect scenario is your Titans versus my Ravens wild card weekend. Right. That'd be a good game for sure. Uh, all right. The Miami Dolphins are in Buffalo to face the Bills. Bills favored by three and a half. Uh, we're going to talk about the Pittsburgh-Cleveland games next. Buffalo doesn't look like they have much to play for. They're not getting a bye, so it just depends if they're getting the two or three seed, which doesn't seem like it's going to matter because you don't know who you could be playing in the first round right yeah it's not going to help you in terms of your matchup if you think you're going to match up better with a a lower seed or a higher seed for you to move up or down that's what we were trying to figure out i don't think we did it on here but if if buffalo loses would they have to play miami again right miami also a pretty big this week no ryan fitzpatrick so it's two a time and two a time with no reliable backup if he's playing it a little too safe right and we'll have to take a look at the weather could run into some snow uh in buffalo um again just to give you some stats here miami is 11 and 4 against the spread this year uh buffalo is 10 and 5 they're 6 and 1 at home miami is 5 and 2 on the road so everyone's got great stats there uh one thing that stood out for me uh, for head-to-head, Buffalo is three and eight against the spread in their last eleven against Miami. Hmm. That's a and, and it's one where you you kind of try to think back, and it's I feel like one of these teams was always kind of good or at least lingering good, right? So I feel I feel like it's been Miami more often than not. I feel like no Fitzpatrick in this game is is kind of a big deal because the Bills know I don't know who Miami's third quarterback is, but right. You can't, you can't in this game where Miami is winning, needs to win to make the playoffs. I can't imagine they could just pull Tua. Right. And knowing that it's just him, the Bills can kind of zero in and make him uncomfortable. Right. And when he's comfortable, it's vanilla. When it's uncomfortable, it's that's where you're be prone for mistakes. So Miami has a really good defense. So, but Allen seems to have figured that out against some pretty good defenses that he's played. San Francisco, Pittsburgh, uh, where I thought he, they would lose those games. I Buffalo just keeps finding ways to win. Good teams do that. So that's the way I'm kind of leaning this week. And and even though Buffalo doesn't really have anything to play for beyond their 
kind of it's almost like a not even pride but just a ooh we're the number two seed like it right. just kind of seems like that's what they would be playing for I, I kind of feel like buffalo wins this game just because not even to get the higher seed which they're gonna get anyways no matter what happens with them and i guess maybe if they lose pittsburgh wins is the scenario where they fall but right. I, don't know, I, I just i trust the, i trust these bills and i think they're a threat come playoff time what's the spread is it three and a half three and a half so yeah i'll take buffalo but i'll take miami in the points i think it'll be close their defense is definitely a bigger impact than yep. a lot of people realize yep and uh, next up, the Pittsburgh Steelers are in Cleveland to face the Browns. Again, the Browns are in a situation where they could actually miss the playoffs. Right. So we know how good that team is at really making their fans unhappy. Uh, again, they are six and nine against the spread. They're five and two at home. Pittsburgh's nine and six against the spread and five and two on the road. Head to head, nothing really stands out here. All, all I can tell you is Pittsburgh has dominated Cleveland for I don't know how many years. Uh, Ben's not playing. You, you got to think Cleveland, it's be like a monkey off their back type of game where they win it just because it's the Steelers, regardless of whether they make the playoffs or not. But that's just a kind of an added feature. Um, yeah, I'll take Cleveland here. I'll, I, I don't know if they'll be able to cover this one, though. I think Pittsburgh can still keep this game close. That That's exactly where my head was. It's, the, it's definitely the monkey off their back. The only thing that I, I didn't think about until you said Big Ben wasn't playing, that this is going to be a rematch of Miles Garrett versus Mason Rudolph, which was the, oh, I think it was last year. was the helmet-swinging, throwing incident. Yeah, so this is, it's interesting to see how they will even see each other if they will go at each other i definitely i think cleveland i mean especially if you're a playoff team this is the time to prove it i assume they're getting their wide receivers back we get right at least hope that they do yeah. because yeah, they their came out practice facility has been reopened and they're presumed to be back so yeah so yeah cleveland will win but pittsburgh again they'll keep it close they'll their hang de- around yeah their defense their is- defense is good Agreed, and and I have a feeling they might stick to their running game a little bit more here, and it might be a little bit more effective. That Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, look. yeah, yeah, it'll be something that they got to get James Connor and whoever they have back there warmed up for a playoff game. Right, right. Uh, all right, fourteen. All right, let's get to the NFC East. Oh boy, the Dallas, your Dallas Cowboys, yes, are in New York to face the Giants. All the playoff implications here. The Cowboys favored by three. They have all the momentum in the world. Does the Giants defense actually better yet? Does Jason Garrett ruin the Cowboys playoff chances? Oh boy. Now I thought the Cowboys were going to get the number one pick. Now they might be the NFC East champions. That's how bad this division is. Uh, Dallas is a mediocre five and ten against the spread. Uh, the Giants are an impressive eight and seven. Giants are only two and five at home. The Cowboys two and five on the road, and I have no stats on head to head at all here. Yeesh. This is this is a fascinating game of who who do you want to trust? Do you want to trust Andy Dalton or do you want to trust Daniel Jones, who is kind of still hobbled? This really impressive Giants defense, or a kind of lingering—I don't even want to say good—lingering mediocre Cowboys defense. Right. So I'll go with the Cowboys quarterback, and I'll go with the Giants defense. Now, if you could put those two teams together into one, you might have a decent a- NFC East champion. And I just, 
I know this doesn't it doesn't feel right and for me the last few weeks I was ready to just put them in the dirt I'm gonna take the Cowboys Andy Dalton to me proves again and again that although he doesn't have success in the playoffs he has success getting to the playoffs right right yeah the Giants kind of I don't know if they've fallen off but the last couple weeks no matter who the quarterback's been they haven't looked that good on offense at all their defense, again, kind of like Miami, they'll keep them in the games. But, uh, yeah, if you're going to just go with look at these two teams, to me, again, I'm being a little bit biased, but you're, the Cowboys have a better offense. Their defense is, yeah, bleh, it's vanilla to me. But, you know, they kind of keep teams their team in the games now. It's not like they're uh, winning games for them. Um, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll take the Cowboys here in this one. And then... Cross our fingers. I was going to say that perfectly sets up to our last game Sunday night. The Washington football team, who are in pole position, if they win, they win the NFC East. Uh, they are in Philadelphia to face the Eagles. Washington favored by two and a half. I was going to say, I'm glad you picked Dallas so that I could ask you the question How good are you going to feel Sunday night when you have to watch Jalen Hurst versus Taylor Heineke? I like Hertz here. He's already played a few games. Um, I, I think the Eagles win this one. I also agree with you. Really? Because Also because I hitched my wagon to the Eagles. I love Jalen Hurts. And yeah. He makes a difference. If it was Wentz back there, I would uh, be all over Washington. Again, Washington is... It's too bad they're not playing Miami. because Or the Giants. They're all... The, it's the same team. They have no offense, but their defenses are all good. And, uh, yeah, unless Washington can figure out a way to score a couple of um, special teams touchdowns and then maybe their defense scores one. But uh, on offense, I know the Eagles have, like, nine guys that aren't playing this week. I don't know if it really matters because Hurts can – he seems to be kind of figuring things out. Um, But I think this will be a close game. It'll It'll come down to a field goal, I think. This is definitely whoever wins that Dallas Giants game and has to wait and watch this right. to see if you're going to make the playoffs. And it's it's amazing that we made fun of this division all year, and now they're prime time. They're finishing the regular season. And honestly, I'm not going to say everybody's going to be watching, but it it it's drama at least. Yeah, like I, I, I'm sure the Cowboys and Giants can't believe they're going to have to try and cheer for the Eagles. Who I don't know. For me, I thought the Eagles were going to win this division, and now it looks like they're going to finish last. Yeah, it's it's a weird it's a weird year. And yeah. I mean, people are trying to talk about uh, is, is Doug Peterson going to come back? I think they give him another year. It's it's hilarious to think about the Cowboys have to uh, rely on Jason Garrett to to lose, which right. I guess they've kind of gotten used to at some points, and Philadelphia to win. And then Dallas gets in the playoffs, and we get a Dallas-Tampa Bay first-round matchup. Could very well be. I'll do, I, for, I forgot to give you some stats. Washington's 9-6 and six against the spread. Philly is 5-10. and 10. Philly is 3-3-1 uh, three, three and one at home. And Washington is 2-4. and four. Uh, Head-to-head, the favorite is 6-2 and two against the spread in their last eight meetings, and the over is 7-3 in their last 10. So that doesn't really, the especially the favorite one, Washington is favored. To me, I, I just, it this really isn't, a, at this point of the year, it's just I like Hurts and want to see, I just want to see a good game, honestly. Right. 
for a Sunday night. It's our last regular season game of the year. Yep. At least, I mean, when I was trying to think about it, I, I guess this was the best option for a Sunday night game. Yeah. What, what else are you going to play, right? Let's. It could. Well, it's going to come down to the division, really. It's the Eagles playing for either the Giants or the Cowboys, right? So it's kind of a worse scenario for them. Their 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 win is going to help one of their rivals win the division. Yeah, no matter what the Eagles do, they're helping someone, <laughs> someone else. Yeah, exactly. Which is a position I, I don't think they would have expected to be in. No, definitely not. All right, you got anything else before we go? Nope. All right, uh, so besides that, uh, we got uh, episode Tuesday. It'll be World Juniors NFL recap, I guess even uh, a little playoffs before the Friday, Saturday playoff preview. Right. We'll have the wild, wild, wild card the six games in two days that's going to be awesome and uh besides that we'll see you next time